It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? This is the CHGO Cubs podcast. And once again, the good news, guys, is the Cubs didn't hurt us for another day. Credit to them. Credit to us for not being hurt as well. I don't know, man. I got an email from straight from Tom Ricketts today. I usually <laughs> don't feel very good when that hits the inbox, but, you know. <laughs> One might call that a tease, so we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Uh, Cody underscore CHGO, Ryan underscore A underscore Herrera, and Corey underscore Cubs. Corey is in the studio he, he decided to come in because Luke is once again sick and, you know, not here. So I guess you're filling in for me since yeah. I'm filling in for Luke. Yeah. I told you guys I'm going <laughs> to dial up some meatball takes today. Oh, yeah. Corey Del Friedman. So I'm going to say some <laughs> reckless stuff some, today. Say something, say something that's going to get the chat. I'm going to rile up the Cardinals over. fans, try to get yeah. another fan base to Absolutely. send me death threats. Yeah. We're also joined by good friend of the or good friend of the show – for the first time, but I see him in the chat all the time. He's a great photographer out in Arizona, Rich Beasterfield. I met him in Arizona when I went out there for vacation and watched the Cubs break my heart twice. But the bet, my favorite part of the trip in Arizona was when I met Rich. Welcome, man. Oh, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate you having me on today. Uh, before we really dive into anything, you got to show everyone what you're wearing because that's the best okay. part of the show. There, yeah, it is. there it is. There it is. CHGO support. He's we're, mer- the we're merched up today. We are. The whole, <laughs> the four yeah. wide. I became, uh, I'm like our good friend Greg Braggs. Uh, Blackhawks are 1-0 since I became a fan. Um, I'm a big fan of Connor big Bedard. Guy he won there. me 35 Huge. bucks last night. Lifelong fan. My favorite, <laughs> like my favorite hockey player of all time. Um, well, if you want Rich's shirt or any of our three yeah. shirts, CHGO Lockers got them all. Exactly. You can so get make this sure one you go too. to CHGO Locker and check them out. Um, so, again, thanks, Rich, for joining us, man. Uh, I guess what I want to start with you is, uh, you know, we've, we've had guests all week talking about the season and, and stuff like that. So, for you, how did you feel about the Cubs season overall? Um, I was happy with the progress. Um, I think, like everybody, kind of disappointed in the ending. Um, just kind of uh, seemed to, to fall off the cliff uh, there at the end. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of the, the, the love-hate relationship. You hate the way it ended, but, I mean, I think of if you had told me in the spring that the season would have ended where, you know, they were above 500 and they were fighting until the last weekend, I probably would have said, wow, that's great. So perspective, you know. It feels a little, it doesn't hurt as much now as it did uh, right at the end. Like when, when I met you out in Arizona, that was a tough series. And uh, Rich, you know, obviously, uh, we always say, I always joke about this with like Greg and, and Brian Smith uh, when, we, mm-hmm. when we talk to them. Like, I think your primary focus is on some of the lower levels. But I, I always joke with them. It's like, but, the, you know, you guys are Cubs fans, too. We can talk about the, you know, the, the big league team. But kind of following that, like, uh, obviously, if you don't follow Rich, you should be. Uh, he takes wonderful photographs of so many of these players. Um, but from a, you know, lower level side, minor league side, mm-hmm. I know you're out there in Arizona right mm-hmm. now getting ready to go to mm-hmm. the fall league games. Um, kind of that same question, but for the lower levels, how did you feel about the minor league system development, um, especially mm-hmm. as we head to an off season where that development and growth and the the mm-hmm. building of the pipeline becomes that much more important to whatever the Cubs are going to do next. Yeah. Um, personally, I feel great about what the minor leagues did this year. I mean, Tennessee won the double A championship. Um, you know, you love seeing that. I think it's, 
the thing to remember with the minor leagues, and I think it's hard if, if you don't follow it to remember, it's like you want to win. Obviously, you always want to win. But development sometimes has to take the priority. Um, I was watching the show yesterday when you had Max uh, Bain on. And, you know, Max was a great example. When Max was out uh, doing uh, his stint on the development list, I watched him pitch a couple times in, against, in the complex league. And while he was pitching, you know, there were times you'd look at him and it's like, well, what's he doing? And then I'd talk to him afterwards and find out, well, you know, maybe he was, he was just working on his breaking stuff. You know, he could have put somebody away with his fastball easily, you know, but that wasn't his focus that day. That wasn't what he was working on. So, you know, I think that's always important to keep in mind is that development has to take the priority. And, you know, even though it may not get you the win that day, in the long run, it's going to be better. You know, Jordan Wicks, I think, is another great example of that, where um, early in the season he was working on certain pitches and even last year. Um, so he wasn't throwing his best stuff because, you know, those were already good, but he wanted to, to bring up the level of some of his other pitches. And then once those were in line, he was able to, you know, fire away with his full arsenal and boom, you know, he was moving quick. Rich, I'm curious, like outside of just this season specifically, I'm mm -hmm. sure there's people in the chat that maybe are not aware of what you do uh, mm -hmm. or want to get to know more about you. Just how did this start? Like you... Anyone that follows you on Twitter, we see great stuff. Uh, you've taken pictures out in Arizona, mm -hmm. or sometimes you're on the road and are able to go to, mm -hmm. to some of the other uh, lower-level games. Um, just mm -hmm. how did that all come about? How did you kind of get into photographing the, the prospects and, and, and also, sure. like, obviously spring training and stuff too? Mm -hmm. Sure. No, great question, Ryan. Um, you know, for me, lifelong Cubs fan. Um, I'm originally from Illinois around the Kankakee area. So, you know, like, like many other people got pulled in, you know, as a young child on WGN with all the games on there. But then lived in Illinois till uh, in 2016, I transferred with my job out to Arizona and then was fortunate to be able to retire in 2018. And so all during that time, I was, I was doing photography as a hobby, but kind of got into it more seriously when I left my full-time job. And then I think it was in uh, 2020, the COVID year, um, you know, everybody was going a little stir crazy by that fall. And so I heard they were doing instructs. And so I went out to, um, shoot some stuff at instructs and ended up striking up a conversation with, uh, Chris Clark, who was at AAA Iowa this year. And, you know, Chris starts asking, well, what do you, what do you do with the pictures? And I'm like, oh, well, you know, I, you know, share my post amount. He's like, well, send me pictures. Okay. So I send Chris pictures. I think within about two hours, I had notes from, gosh, I don't know, probably at least 20 to 30 other players or, you know, or friend requests or something like that. Hey, can you send me pictures? Can you send me pictures? And um, it kind of took off from there. Um, so, you know, and after that, just continued to develop my skills, get better, upgrade equipment. And um, to the point where I've had, let's say, I think I've got four top four cards now that have been uh, done by uh, Tops and Bowman uh, and one by um, Onyx. So always kind of cool to see your picture on a baseball card. You know, that was a, uh, one of those childhood dreams of being able to say, hey, that's, that's my photo on that card. Um, so that's what kind of brought me here. You might have posted it on Twitter too, but I think I saw it originally <laughs> on Facebook that they <laughs> took a picture of yours of Matt Mervis and, <laughs> and, turn, and put it on a card this year. So Yeah, yep. Uh, I've got like one of uh, Jordan Wicks. Um, that was the Onyx one, and they had a couple last year of Christian Hernandez and then the Matt Mervis one this year from the Fall League. Um, I, it's kind of like a similar question to what I asked Max <laughs> yesterday. Um, you know, he's been in the Cubs organization for almost three years now. Obviously, <laughs> you've been in Arizona since you said since 2016, but took <laughs> taking photography a lot more seriously. So you've seen a lot of guys who no <laughs> one – uh, you know, knew of, you know, three, four <laughs> years ago. Justin Steele might be a great example. Right. Um, what's it like been for you, like, I guess, in a way, meeting those guys, taking their picture, <laughs> promoting them online? Because I'm sure a lot of them see it, especially when, you know, no one knew who Justin Steele was before last year, right? <laughs> Right. What's it like creating that relationship with those guys when they're in the complex league and stuff and then watching <laughs> them get all the way to Wrigley Field? That's I, I, that's one of my favorite parts. Um, getting to meet the players, especially you know when they're young and coming into the league, getting to meet them. Um, I've gotten to meet a lot of their families, their parents. 
you know, it, it gives you that extra vested interest. And so, you know, if, when I'm watching, you know, whether it's Justin Steele or, um, you know, he's hurt this year, Ethan Roberts, but, you know, you've got that personal rooting interest, you know, that, that's not just a guy in the field. If that's a, that's a real live actual person, um, you know, out there. Um, I mean, it, it's funny, Justin Steele, I've got some, I've got a couple pictures from, I think it's like his rookie year when he still had a mullet. So, uh, that's always a, you know, a, a fun look, but, um, yeah, I know like even watching Jordan Wicks, um, I've gotten to meet uh, Jordan's dad, uh, not in person, but, you know, online and, you know, kind of watching along that journey and seeing the excitement for, for him, for his whole family, making his big league debut and having such a successful rookie season. Um, it, it's like I say, it's, it's not family, but it kind of feels like extended family having that success. Is it, is it difficult, like, especially when there's the guys, like, really lower level, just came into the mm -hmm. system kind of thing, just to, like, even know who they are? Like, when you're taking mm -hmm. pictures, you're like, I'm not exactly sure who that is. Do you come across that? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> give you a great example. Uh, your guest from yesterday, Max Bain. So um, I'm just wandering around, around the complex in, in early 2020 and just see this guy on the backfields, um, you know, warming up in the, in the pitcher stretching area, have no idea who he is, but I see his name on the back of the Jersey says Bane. It's like, well, that's kind of cool. Kind of like Batman movies. <laughs> yeah. So I just took a picture, didn't know the guy at all. Um, then later in the year, kind of find him on social media and we start talking. And so I send him a couple of the pictures and he was super excited to have it because, um, if you remember Max's story, uh, Max, um, really changed the way he uh, conditioned and everything. So he dropped a lot of weight and got in so much better shape. And so he, he was just excited to have some of those kind of before pictures. And he's even produced, uh, you know, a, or, or done a couple tweets of, you know, the then and now kind of, kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, it's, um, I've also built relationships with uh, some of the coaches. So occasionally I'll have to send a note to uh, one of my friends. It's like, hey, can you tell me who this person is? Because I don't recognize them yet. Um, but then I try and commit the names and faces to memory. Yeah. Um, I see my guy, Mike Dubs, in the chat says, Rich, the absolute best if you go to spring training. It's a must to say hi to Rich. Such a good, great dude. <laughs> I have to say, when, I, when we did meet in Arizona at the Diamondbacks-Cubs game, it was it was it it did feel like a long time coming because I had been following you on Twitter for you know a handful mm -hmm. of years now. And there just isn't another person like you out there in Arizona doing this, at least as far mm -hmm. as the, the photography. So I guess my next question is, like the Cubs have to know who you are. Like how with the relationship you have with them, uh, how when you just started doing it, like did they were they like who are you? Get out of here, or did they just like yeah, do what you do, man? <laughs> um, so I think it, it's kind of been a gradual process. Um, so I always try and be very respectful of the players, um, of the security, the organization, and. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, if there's a question of should I do this or not, I'm not going to do it because I don't want to damage those relationships. And that's paid off big time for me because I've gotten to know a lot of the people. And so they know me well enough to know that I'm not going to be trying to, to break the rules or I'm not going to be trying to, like, sneak onto a field where I shouldn't be. Um, you know, even if that gets you the one picture or the one thing that you want at that time, that can cost you a lot more in the long run. So. Um, I think, you know, to me, that's, that's the thing, just being, being respectful that those guys have a job. Um, and same thing with the, like the players. Um, I've had guys like, you know, just chit chatting or something all of a sudden like, Oh, I'm sorry. I, I gotta go do this. And it's like, dude, I get it. You're at work. You know, you need to go do your thing. Um, I don't want to infringe on that. Uh, you know, my, my goal is to be kind of the fly on the wall that they don't even notice me. Cause a lot of times that's when I get the best pictures when they, when they're not posing, when they, when they don't even know it, when you can kind of get that, uh, whether it's a look or um, just, you know, a candid moment between between a couple of teammates. A lot of times it's just fun. Yeah. Well, I think that's, you know, it's obviously a cool time because, you know, <laughs> you're hoping that a lot of these guys that you're seeing at their earliest stages in their career are ultimately, you know, will be able to look back on when they've won a World Series or two and look at their photo <laughs> and, you know, back in Mesa and stuff. But <laughs> we had a super chat from Chris, uh, I think, a little bit ago that plays into a question I did want to ask. Uh, Chris said, appreciate the super chat, Chris. Uh, try to check in as much as possible. Love the show. Miss you, Stucky. We have a ton of top outfield prospects. Uh, who has more value and which would you like to keep between Owen Casey and Kevin Alcantara? And 
to follow up on that question, like I know you're out in the Arizona Fall League right now. Mm-hmm. You know, we're seeing the videos of Kevin Alcantara. He's flipping his bat. His swing looks <laughs> beautiful. For you, as we enter an offseason where what, how the Cubs decide to piece together the next great Cubs team mm-hmm. is up in the air, right? Like, right. is it hard for you when you're, like, watching Kevin Alcantara in person and you're seeing the potential or someone like James Triantos and, and you're right mm-hmm. there witnessing it, uh, is it hard to enter an offseason like this? Do you feel yourself kind of, like, holding on to some of these guys when you read potential trades? Are, are you comfortable mm-hmm. with the Cubs doing whatever they can to get better at the MLB level? How do you kind of, like, reconcile all of those things? No, great, great question. Um, I think what I what I've learned through following this is that um, you want the best for you want the best for the Cubs. Obviously, like I said, I've been a Cub fan my whole life. But as you get to know players, you want the best for them too. So you know, for instance, the trade deadline time now is kind of can be kind of stressful because yeah, you're just like okay, yeah, I hope we add and I hope we at the major league level, I hope we add that that talent that can help push us over the edge. But I hate seeing guys that have gotten to know, you know, being traded to another team. So, you know, when, when the Cubs picked up Candelario, that, oh, that's great. But it was kind of hard seeing Kevin Made and DJ Hurst go. But, you know, the way I kind of reconcile it is the what's best for that player, that might be a quicker path to the big leagues for him. So, like, I'm going to see DJ pitch this afternoon for the uh, Scottsdale Scorpions in the fall league. So, um, you know, I'm hoping he shoves and, you know, hope, hopefully we get to see him in the big leagues in a year or two. Um, so. As far as the outfielders, um, you know, Owen Casey and Kevin Alcantara, those are, that's a, that's a really tough one. Um, yeah, there's, there's Kevin with his bat flip from last week, which was, which was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I think Kevin is better all around athletically, but man, Owen with that left-handed power, um, we just don't have that right now. And so I think, you know, if, if I had to choose between the two, I'd, I'd want to keep Owen, I think. But I really want to keep them both. Owen Casey really jumped the, the rankings this year. Like he wasn't yeah. even considered a top 100 guy coming into the year. Not only did he break into the top 100, but he's like in the middle of the pack mm-hmm. of the top 100. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. I would agree in the fact that I think I would rather – if I had to choose, if you forced me to choose between the two, that Casey would be the one that I would want to stick with. Just tough to say because Alcantara has the vibes, and I'm a big vibes. <laughs> yeah, I, I was gonna <laughs> say like you know we there's those moments when you're watching these guys because I, I don't watch every minor league game and things like that, and even going back to the last court, but there would be those moments where guys like kind of catch the radar, and I think like that bat flip the other day from Alcantara. Uh, I know there was a another minor league writer who was sharing like video of him stealing bases. Um, and you know, the, the, the tweet was just like, Cubs fans are going to love this guy. And like, you just watch Mm -hmm. a couple things and it is very easy to sort of start to like Mm -hmm. fall in love with the guys, even though, you know, you haven't seen a ton of what they've done, but like Mm -hmm. you watch the bat flip and you're like, Oh, okay. (laughs) Like, all right, bring him up. You know what I mean? They're not trading him, you know, it's time. Yeah. 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 He's he's got swag. He's definitely got a lot of swag. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. Um, in, in kind of all the same vein, um, you know, obviously the, the, the few years that you've been like specifically doing this, um, but just even just following prospects. I mean, we look at the last like or the golden era of Cubs baseball. Right. Mm-hmm. And the system in for, for various reasons, the system just was not healthy enough to supplement the major league roster mm-hmm. throughout that time. And we saw what ended up happening in 21 and why they had to mm-hmm. uh, just hit the reset button. For you, especially over these last few years, whether it's um, some of the draft picks or the trades that they've made to bring in other prospects, how have you or what are your thoughts on the development, the evolution, the kind of rise um, in the Cubs system with some of these top prospects of just overall depth in the system? Yeah, I think what what kind of struck me in, in hindsight was, you know, when you talk about that golden area, yeah, the, the Cubs really produced a lot, but it seemed like. And I know, and it gets tougher because as you get better, your your draft picks get higher, so you don't you don't have that shot as easily at the top talent. You know, you're not picking in the top ten. But it kind of felt like the Cubs then learned how to build that championship 
but they weren't sure yet how to sustain it. And I feel like that's maybe where hopefully we're seeing some differences now because it, it feels like, you know, in the last couple of years, we've, we've added Kate Horton um, and Jackson Ferris. We picked up Matt Shaw, Josh Rivera this last year. So hopefully we're kind of seeing that not like, okay, we're, our farm system stocked and okay, we're good now. We don't need to keep, keep building it up. But it's like, no, as, as, you know, a, as a Luke Little moves up to the bullpen, okay, who's the next guy up in double A AA and triple A who can take that spot and be, you know, pushing for that. Um, I'm real anxious to see a, a guy who's probably not on a lot of people's radar, but Adam Lasky, uh, who's another lefty. Cubs haven't had a lot of lefties in the last couple of years. And, you know, like with Brandon Hughes getting hurt this year. But um, Adam, uh, Bailey Horn, who pitched in the fall league last year, you know, Bailey didn't have the greatest year this year. Um, he had had some really good moments and he had some where he struggled. But, you know, as you kind of start seeing more guys push one another, I think that's when you really, you know, see the good things. Because the, the knock, I think, preseason this year was, well, the Cubs have a good system, but they don't have a great system because they didn't have – you know, the, the top 50 or the top 100 guys. Now you're starting to see that, you know, with, with Pete Crow Armstrong, with, with Kate Horton, um, Kevin O'Contra, Owen Casey, um, you know, depending what you look at, James Triantos, those guys are pushing their way up and, and you're starting to see it more. I asked Max this yesterday as well in some aspect. He, he, taught, he said minor leaguers that we've never, honestly, I had never heard of them. <laughs> Uh, guys who could emerge as like guys that we start to talk about for next year. So mm-hmm. I guess for you, my question is, is like this year, everyone was talking about PCA. The moment the mm-hmm. season started, everyone's like, when's PCA coming? Call PCA up, blah, 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 blah. Scream, scream, scream. Uh, yeah, I'm talking about you guys in the chat. So next year, who, who, who do you think for the Cubs and the, and the minors could be the next guy that our YouTube chat is screaming, call this guy up now. Um, hmm, great question. I'm, I'm going to go maybe Moises Ballesteros. Okay. Wow. Okay. Um, Moises, he got called up to double A for the playoffs. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he played, um, started out at Myrtle beach, did really well, played at South Bend, did well. Um, I think if I remember right, Moises is only like 19, I think. And even uh, talking to like, um, Max and Brendan, the broadcasters for South Bend, both those guys were super high on him. Just they said, you know, for his age, you don't see a swing like that. Um, so I think, you know, to me, the big question with Moises is Moises was drafted as a catcher. Um, he's kind of got that stocky build, so it's, you know, I think the main question with Moises is can he stick a catcher? Hopefully, you know, I think a lot could be determined this off season is what kind of work he puts in there. Um, he played some first base. He played some DH uh, for South Bend as well. But, um, yeah, he'd, he'd probably be my guess right now. I think it's also partly because, like, the Cubs don't have the, at least right now, right, going into the offseason, mm-hmm. don't have the yeah. greatest catching depth mm-hmm. or the deepest, you know, catcher set of catchers in, the, in their minor mm-hmm. leagues. Um, and like we saw with the, the Cubs this past season, Jan Gomes gets hurt. Your only, like, major league catcher at, the, at that point is Tucker Barnhart, and you have mm-hmm. – you know, guys in the minor leagues you're not sure of, so they bring up Miguel Amaya, who barely played in the last few seasons. Mm-hmm. To, and fortunately, he, you know, was able to kind of stick there and, and play well for at least the, the beginning part of his season. And, you know, I know he had inconsistent mm-hmm. playing time later on. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think that kind of shows, like, when we talk about you can never have enough pitching depth, you also can't really <laughs> ever have enough catching depth. So uh, I think Moises Ballesteros, if he can continue to take steps – forward as he did this past season like i don't know that he's going to, going to officially put himself on the major league radar next year yeah um but you know you never know with injuries and stuff what, what mm-hmm. might happen and what needs might arise throughout the season yeah and and i guess regarding the catching i think i think their catching is underrated personally i think if you're looking for the the wilson Contreras type bat you're probably not going to find that but they've got some really strong defensive catchers. And I think that seems to be more of what the organization has moved towards. You know, they, it's like almost, almost like any offense we get out of the catching position will take as a bonus. Um, but um, a guy who's not on a lot of people's radar, um, but could probably, you know, be that third string type catcher, um, Bryce Windham, who played at Iowa this year. Um, 
Bryce is one of my favorite guys, just, you know, personality wise, just this awesome human being. But the guy is an incredible freak athlete, um, had offers, could have played Division One basketball, um, went to ODU, uh, Old Dominion uh, as an infielder, converted to catcher. Um, and I think he hit over 300 this year at Iowa. Um, and just, you know, he's, he's been on Sports Center top 10 with some uh, defensive plays he's made as well. So he's kind of another one of those guys, kind of like in the P.J. Higgins mold, where I could see him getting called up as that third string catcher, but could also play some infield and stuff like that. Interesting. Well, I, you know, I'm, I don't know. You can't measure, like, all the defensive stuff that a catcher can mm -hmm. do. But I think we yeah. saw a really big jump in how it can affect pitchers this past year and in the second mm -hmm. half of, la of 2022. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm kind of – I dig it. <laughs> you know, Rich, you're out at the Arizona Fall League. Obviously, it started uh, right mm -hmm. at the end of the season. What What are we seeing? I saw like James Triantos has had a good start to his Arizona mm -hmm. Fall League. Like, what What should Cubs fans be looking out for from some any, anyone that's kind of paying attention to that? What should we yeah. What should Cubs fans be looking out for um, from those guys? Yeah, I think um, James's defense sometimes gets questioned. Um, and definitely there's there's some work there to be done yet but you know that's part of being a minor leaguer um he was playing third base the other night and uh it was i think it was like a one nothing or two nothing score and it, it was interesting because the, they had pulled the defense in um somebody hits hits a shot to him he knocks it down ball gets away from him a little bit but has the presence of mind looks the, the runner back to third makes a great throw to first gets the guy and, you know, to me, I think those are some of those things that there is the progress um, because the bat will play. Um, in my mind, there's no doubt that that kid can is going to be a major league hitter. You know, I think the question is, you know, can he play second? Can he play third or, you know, or even, you know, the outfield? But, uh, you know, definitely hitting wise, he's he's special. He is a special type of hitter. Um, you know, we already talked a little bit about uh, Kevin, you know, Alcantara. Um, you know, it, Kevin's just a must watch at bat just because you never know what's going to happen. And just, you know, the energy he brings uh, both in the dugout. I, I posted a couple pictures of him on Twitter the other night, just interacting in the dugout and with fans and stuff like that. Um, I think the, the pitchers, uh, a lot of those guys are probably a little bit lower in the minor leagues, but uh, Jose Romero is a guy to keep an eye on, too. He pitched at Myrtle Beach this year, um, but he had some real good numbers there. Uh, he had a he had a good outing on, I think it was Monday night when I watched him pitch. Um, I mentioned Adam Lasky. Um, Nick Hull started the other week. He's starting again today. It'll be interesting to see how he does because he pitched well for about three innings and got hit kind of hard in the fourth inning. Um, so, you know, we'll see if he can kind of bounce back a little, have a little bit stronger outing today. So those are some of the Cubs guys to see that, uh, that I'm watching this, this fall. Awesome, man. Corey, anything? That's it for me. Okay. Well, Rich, hey, man, it, it was awesome having you on. First time. Won't be the last time, I'm sure. Um, awesome. If you're ever in Chicago, because uh, it is home for you in some aspects still. It is, yep. uh, if you're If you're ever back here, hit us up. You're more than welcome. Come join us in studio. Or spring training. Or spring you know, training. We'll, we'll see what that looks like for us, but we'd and, love to. Rich, if you need me to tell Brendan to leave you alone when he's out there, just shoot me a message, all right? <laughs> uh, Brent, Brendan's a good friend, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun uh, interacting with all you guys. So yeah. really appreciate well, yeah. you guys having me on today. For sure. Totally, man. Appreciate your work out there, keeping us updated with prospects and stuff like that, and appreciate you hopping on. And stay, stay strong with all those Diamondbacks fans out there that are probably <laughs> giving you a lot of crap right now, man. It's tough times, but, hey, uh, there's the, the future's bright. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks again, man. Thanks, Rich. Okay. Rich. Thanks, guys. B-I-E-S-T-22 on Twitter, if you don't already follow Rich. Yeah. Follow great, him now. Great, great Cubs Twitter follow. Uh, he's on Instagram, too, I believe, around yeah. the, the same uh, the same handle. Yeah, uh, I believe he contributes to some of our friends, the, some of the prospect sites. Yeah, um, Northside North Bound. Bound. Yeah. Bound. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so he, his work's out there. Great <coughs> photographer, great stuff Absolutely. from him, so. The only thing I, on for sure. the only thing I regret not asking him is if he was in the market for a new vehicle. I, I can't believe I didn't ask him. I forgot to ask Max yesterday. That was Stucky ask. I'm yeah. not going <laughs> You got to tell Luke that next time you see him. All right. Uh, but if he is in the market for a new vehicle, 
then we have great news for you. Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram in Fox Lake just joined the CHGO team at Ray CDJR. The, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories and find unforgettable savings. And right now during Ram Power Days at Ray CDJR only in Fox Lake, you'll be able to secure 0% financing or 17% off new Ram models but that's not all now through october 31st explore their newly renovated showroom and take advantage of limited time seven year anniversary savings so if you're in the market for a new vehicle then you have to check out the team at ray chrysler dodge jeep and ram because they are the only team we recommend visit them today on route 12 in fox lake for more information visit ray cdjr in fox lake or RayCDJR.com today, serving the community since 1963. Do you guys know what is, like, the best pairing with a new car? Bacon. Absolutely. Bacon. Right on the money. Charlie the Bacon Guy is based out of Woodridge, Illinois, and he makes craft bacon and bacon jams in over 30 different flavors. This product is always all-natural, no fancy preservatives product, Order lots of bacon. It's vacuum sealed and freezes great. The bacon lasts in the package up to 45 days in the fridge and six months in the freezer. The bacon jam lasts about 60 days in the fridge, usually about 20 seconds in my house, and up to six months in the freezer. Some of our favorites include the maple pepper, French toast, chorizo, jardinier. The bacon jam goes perfectly on anything in scrambled eggs, toast, crackers, burgers, grilled cheese, or Charlie's favorite, the spoon. He will deliver to you, meet you halfway, or even ship it. He will get you the bacon on time. If you want to contact Charlie the Bacon Guy, go on Instagram at Charlie the Bacon Guy, Twitter at CZ the Bacon Guy, or email Charlie the Bacon Guy at gmail.com. Website coming soon. We love it. We've had he's been in the office before. He's given us some great stuff. Been the chat before. He's been the chat he before. Loves, he loves the Cubs. Our guy Charlie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so make sure you're you're checking out Charlie the Bacon Guy and get some of that bacon or the bacon jam. Bacon jam's great. Put yeah. the bacon jam on the pe- on pizza. Yeah. Okay. And you'll thank me later. Yeah. Maybe right. a little hot honey if you have it. I'm willing to Trust try me. new things. Yeah. Come back and and give Corey a review, or just add him on Twitter and and give him your review of that. Maybe if we give uh, Tom Ricketts some of this bacon jam, he'll do whatever it takes to make this team better. You want to rile up the people a little bit? <laughs> oh, God. We well, that, that was my there transition to the, yeah. oh, did you get the letter from yeah. Tom Ricketts today, guys? I did. Well, Corey did. I, for some reason, did not. But maybe that's because I, I like, I maybe think Is it a season ticket holder? Well, no, they send, it to, they send it to season ticket holders, but I think it's the same email as the one that goes to, uh, if you're just, like, subscribed on Cubs.com or okay. whatever. And I, I think I unsubscribed because I was tired so of angry. getting all of their damn emails because, like, if I want to get Cubs tickets through them, I, I, I will. But, you know, I use game time more often that's, than not. That's, that's true. So. Uh, that's what I, it's basically a waste of time getting them from getting them for me at least. So that's why I didn't get it. But any, you know, do we have thoughts? I, I know Colada, I see you in the chat. You haven't been here for the last couple of days. Godfather. We've moved on from the minor leagues. We're going to talk about the major league team now, man. We, we, I've been reading your comments. You're cracking me up. I don't know how to fix your plantar fasciitis, but <laughs> I don't, at least we can talk about uh, how we can fix the Chicago Cubs okay. in 2024. Barb and, and Becky had some good suggestions for him. So yeah. The chat's cracking me up, honestly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like a little WebMD yeah. situation right. going on. So um, I guess we should talk about this letter. I, you know, I, I would say first, right? I don't remember. Now we're in, in, and it's not that long ago, we're in the age where they only do it uh, via email. Mm-hmm. But... He, he used to send a letter to the season ticket holders, like a, a letter. It would come either in the season ticket box or, you know, at, at the end of the year. And the, my thing with this is, like, it's always the same thing as when you listen to Jed's press conference, David mm-hmm. Ross at the end of the year. Take everything they're saying with a grain of salt, right? These guys are public-facing figures that are at the top of an organization like they're gonna say what they need to say, right? It do, none of it is legally binding, right? If he says we're gonna spend money to make the team better, he doesn't have to do that, right? It's a nice thing to say and to get people to continue buying tickets. Take it however you want, um, but I 
the only thing that I appreciate really from the letter outside of, you know, it's general platitudes. We need to be better. Our goal is to win championship, blah, blah, blah. It all sounds nice. He and Jed have both made a point to, to really hammer home, like, we are not going to call this season successful because we did not make the playoffs. And I do appreciate that, right? Same. Because I think they could spin that if they wanted to, right? Mm -hmm. If you read Tom's letter last offseason, there's a lot of, like, shining up of a turd, right? And, And trying to make things sound good, even if they didn't say it was successful. But this would have been an easy season for them to be like, we were in it till the last week, and that's part of the letter. But I appreciated that at least they're saying, look, this is not the standard we want, whether they deliver a team that gets us to that standard is completely up to them. But I would rather read that than them trying to spin spin zone it completely mm, for us. Right. So I at least appreciated my, that. My thinking of it is, well, they could act like the Chicago Bears because like that's I feel like the way that Corey is explaining it, the the reverse way is something like the Chicago Bears would do, or just like Matt Eberflus in their press conferences every week. Uh, doing the best they can to shine a turd, right? Um, so, yeah, I agree in the fact that at least they're admitting, or not admitting, but saying, you know, this isn't what we, this isn't the goal. Like, we want to make the playoffs, blah, 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 blah. So, uh, Colada, he says in the chat, Rickett sent me a letter. All I said was shut up. And, you know, listen, like, that's basically, that's, to me, it's like actions speak louder than sure. words, right? We've, I've been saying that for a year and a half. And, like, I, I have defended Tom in, in the fact of, like, people who say he doesn't spend any money at all. That's not true. I don't like the way that they manage things from the end of 2018 all the way through 2020. Um, and I think a lot of that has to is on him. Um, but since they traded the core at the deadline in 2021 – the organization has built its way, or it seemingly looks like it's built its way back up a little bit. You have a lot more depth on the farm. We just talked about the minor league system with Rich. Uh, we talked to Max Bain yesterday about what, like, just for him and also what he's seen on the farm from his own perspective in locker rooms and stuff. Like, there's a lot to like what's going on down there. But uh, so you feel like the organization's a lot healthier. Now it's, to me, now it's like, okay, well, are we going to pony up the money for Cody Bellinger? And if not, what are you going to do to replace him? And is this team going to be a real contender next year? Because this year, coming in this year, it was all about, well, if this happens and this happens, oh, right. if Cody Bellinger turns back into MVP form or anything close to that, and if you know Justin Steele takes this huge step and, uh, you know, Nico and Dansby turn into the best middle infield in baseball defensively. And, and like, if all these things happen. It did. They did. <laughs> and they did. Like, they, those things, a lot of those things did happen. But going into the year, I don't think a lot of people had a lot of faith in all those things happening, right. at least, right? Of those things that I mentioned, I think Dansby and Nico being the best defensive middle infield in baseball is probably the one that I think we all could have banked on the most, just based off what we had seen from Dansby most of his career and Nico last year. But. To bring I, predict, it I predicted them both to win gold gloves. Just right. Saying. Like, they, 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 they both deserve to win. <laughs> they both deserve to win gold gloves. Yeah, big of you. Uh, so, again, to Appreciate bring it around, now it's like, okay, you, you, you have something brewing here. What are you going to do to take that next step to make this team a real contender? And that's why for the last week and a half I've been like, NL Central or bust, and more than just playoffs, like, make this a real contender. They're yeah. right there. They are, they are on the cusp. They are well, – Two, three, four p- players away, in my opinion, to being a to be considered a real contender in the National League. Yeah, and so just to read, you know, Tom's actual words again for the because I, I I don't I just don't trust <laughs> when I talk about Tom. Uh, they they always need to spend at the top of the league, right? Mm-hmm. And any year they're not, I don't think it's good enough. And I say this as someone that gives them a lot of my money, right? I put my money <laughs> where my mouth is. On big that. of you. And in this letter, the part I'm going to read sounds nice, but even before I read it, I'm going to say the point of this is go and do it, right? Mm -hmm. Putting it in an email in October while the playoffs are going on and your team isn't in it is really easy, right? 
They're going to do single game tickets in the next few months. They're going to do new season ticket renewals in the next few months. So it's easy to say these nice things to try and convince people. But we are at the point, as you just said, it's put up or shut up time. No, like maybe this team will be good. Put a legitimate contender on the field. And in the letter, Tom says, again, take it with a grain of salt. Quote, while we are encouraged by many of the individual performances this year, almost making the playoffs is not success. As an organization, we need to build on our progress and become a team that can finish the race. To do that, we will continue to be active this offseason to supplement our roster and look for contributions from our pipeline of elite homegrown talent. There you go. Go do it. Yeah. Go do it. You know what I mean? I, it, it sounds nice, but go do it. Yeah, yeah I, I, I like reading the letter... Um, like I, I mean, he said it himself when we talked to him in Milwaukee. Jed said it. Like everyone said that the season's not a success, right? Um, but like for Tom specifically, I think back to like when you know some of us talked to him um, last September, September 2022, uh, when Pat Hughes got inducted to the Cubs Hall of Fame. Not, not not the actual Hall of Fame that that came later. The Cubs Hall of Fame, right? The more prestigious one. Um, <laughs> People and, are saying, yeah. And we uh, <laughs> we we had talked to Tom then. Um, and he used the word success to describe the season. There were still a few weeks left, uh, but he, did, he had used it. And for him to not, for him to say it wasn't a success this year with a better team, goes to show you the the, ex, the internal expectations for both teams, right? Like last year, if he's calling last year a success when they well they finished 14 games under 500, um, or whatever it was, like very that, that's very obvious what they wanted to get out of that season with some development seeing guys take steps forward, seeing what they have and some of the internal guys to know what they need to get for future years. If you want to call that a success in 2022, go ahead. That's what Tom kind of did. Um, So whatever. This (laughs) year, to say it wasn't a success shows you that the expectations were much higher considering some of the guys they brought in, some of the development they saw in guys in 2022, um, the internal options, whatever, the prospects that were going to be coming up. They had much higher expectations um, for this team than last year, and that's why they they are all of them are saying like the season was not a success. They didn't make the playoffs. They didn't meet their goals that they set out on opening day uh, to achieve. To not do that, you cannot call the season a success. So to see him to see them being, um, you know, obviously very honest about that, in a way is refreshing. And and yeah, sometimes you just take it with a grain of salt on some of the things he says, but. You know, at least he's not spin zoning it, right? As you said, like at least they are straight up saying we didn't meet our goals. It's not a success. But as you guys have both said too, like where are your goals next year? Your goals have to be higher next year. Like it can't just be making the playoffs next year because you were this close. It got to be higher. How are you going to achieve those goals? You couldn't achieve your goal this year. How are you going to improve this team to achieve what should be higher goals next season? I think that's obviously going into this off season the number one question that needs to be answered is where how do you make this team better equipped to achieve your goals for next season which should be higher that to me that's the number one question that's the number one priority regardless of how they do it whether it's re-signing Cody Bellinger or you know trading for a guy like Juan Soto or Pete Alonso doing a a mix of things however that has to get done Mm -hmm. you have to answer the question how can this team in 2024 how can you set that team up for more success than they were able to achieve in 2023 considering the expectations will and should be higher yeah i agree um well and just to to finish on that i did and it you know i don't know if we we can show the quick instagram post too or do you want to do that in the next segment uh no we can we can because i was just going to say it was interesting in tom's letter that he says quote what also happened for the team this year was the emergence of a new core and a new identity and he mentions several players by name, Justin Steele, Seiya Suzuki, Ian Happ, Dansby Swanson, and Nico Horner, the last player that he mentions in that paragraph, one Cody Bellinger, mm. who is not technically a part of their new core or identity unless he gets money from the person writing this letter right. or who had this letter ghostwritten for him as our chat is speculating so (laughs) just interesting and earlier today we did get you know kind of the requisite very quick you know carousel of photos on instagram from cody bellinger a quick thank you to cub fans it was nothing crazy it was one or two sentences just 
thanks for a great season, great for my family, great for the fans. Yeah, one sentence. Uh, We tweeted that on the CHGO Cubs Twitter account, and naturally it was taken very well by (laughs) by our our loyal readers. Uh, No, it was taken very poorly. Uh, Listen, that's a standard thing everybody does, right? You don't have to wait until you sign with a new team. And if he re-signs with the Cubs, it doesn't make saying, hey, thanks for a fun season, any less true or irrelevant. He's just sitting around with nothing to do. He's got a big off-season coming, him and his agent. I I, I wouldn't read – too many people are taking that as like, oh, he knows he's gone. Like, no, he doesn't. Like, they haven't even started that conversation – Relax. You look at what happened in Milwaukee, right? The day they got eliminated, or it might have been the day after, um, when he, he was basically asked, like, without knowing your future, like, how do you, blah, 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 about the season, whatever. And he's like, yeah, no, I, I just, with, you can't predict the future. Like, I really wanted to, like, be really all in on these last three weeks, just not knowing what the future holds kind of thing. And everyone's like, oh, he's gone. Yeah. He's on. He used the word "was." He's gone. <laughs> I'm like, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, they, like, listen. It's gonna come down to money. It's going to come down to money. Who's willing to offer Cody Bellinger a big contract or the contract he's looking for? And the Cubs should should realistically be in that. But they also have like a leg up on some of these teams because they don't really have to sell themselves so much. On Bellinger, maybe they have to sell like here. Here's what else we're planning to do this offseason, or we have already done, and here's how we see it fitting in this year and beyond. While you're here, maybe they have to sell that a little bit more, but they don't have to sell him on the organization or or the coaching staff or the players that are already on the roster. Like he's got a whole year to to be in that system, be in the organization, and learn the ins and outs and what it's all about. Yeah. They don't, Cubs don't have to do that with Cody Bellinger like they would with other free agents. So in a way, that's you know maybe that's a little bit of an advantage. Again, it's going to come down to, you know, it probably will come down to who's going to give him the most money, who's going to give him the best contract that he's looking for. Um, but if the Cubs are willing to do that, then they also have an advantage a little bit of, but you also know what, we, what we're about. We ha- we've helped you get back to a better you after a couple of years of being injured. We, we, you know, we're a team on the come up kind of thing, right? Like he knows what they're about. They don't have to sell that to him anymore. And so I think that as long as the Cubs are willing to give him the kind of contract he wants, that gives him a little bit of a leg up or, or just a head start, on, you know, convincing Bellinger to, to return. Well, to and we don't know, we don't know all for what it's worth, right? Cause every, you know, they know players on different teams, stuff like that. But from everything we've read, you know, Dansby Swanson might threaten Cody Bellinger's <laughs> life if he is entertaining other offers. We hear that he's in Jed's ear all the time. So I'm assuming he's talking to these guys, you know, trying to build something himself right in that clubhouse. To, so how much that counts, I don't know. But To, uh, you know, back on the whole the cryptic, like, caption or whatever, let's just remember Wilson Contreras wrote a – Players Tribune article and said how much Yadier Molina was his idol before he said anything about Cubs fans uh, and put anything on Instagram. So that's all I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> As in, it means absolutely nothing what these Instagram posts mean. All right. I mean, if, if you were, if I were a player, like, wouldn't, like, it just doesn't seem that weird when you, I think, like, reverse the perspective. People are looking to read through the tea leaves and stuff like that. And, like, if I were Cody Bellinger, you're like sitting around, you're maybe watching the playoffs, you're watching your old team, the Dodgers in the playoffs, whatever, and you're like, oh, I'm going to say, hey, thanks, Cubs fans, because I haven't po- – like it's, it's I, I just all, don't think it's a, it's not a big deal. It's also like, like people would make it a big deal if he didn't post anything about right. hating exactly. the Cubs right. fans. Did he like, hate it here? Like, like why he, didn't he say thank you? He never thanked yeah. anyone. He hates the Cubs. But, He's never coming back. But <laughs> this, is, like this, is the, this is the thing about the offseason, right, is like – that's all we got. Mm-hmm. We have a letter from the owner that's a bunch of like nice businessy platitudes to parse through and the you know sort of key free agent oh my god he posted something on Instagram, you know what I mean? So like it's it's what we got, but I it's yeah. a whole lot of nothing basically. Right. basically. So. Uh, or maybe it's everything. Maybe. Maybe you should read into everything. Never. I don't know. <laughs> you can never let the facts get in the way of a good story as we've said on the show thousands of times at this point. So uh what goes well with all these tea leaves and uh, dreaming is Sunnyside, Corey. Well, the uh, yeah, that wasn't 
your first one was more Stucky-esque. I know. Uh, the chat <laughs> I, and I'm trying. The man. chat and, and Twitter would have wanted you to say that we're talking about Cody Bellinger and the oh, perfect I was right there. Right the right perfect thing to keep Cody Bellinger Where? in Chicago, if you know you know, is Sunnyside <laughs> Cannabis bad. Dispensaries. <laughs> Sunnyside is your home for judgment-free cannabis shopping, a place where all kinds of visitors are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of high-quality products. And Sunnyside has everything you need to elevate your football season. As I always say, whether you are an experienced user or new to your cannabis journey, the knowledgeable and loyal and friendly staff at all Sunnyside locations can answer any questions you have, direct you to any products you want to try or learn about. They are very easy to talk to and can get you going on your cannabis journey. Easy online ordering and in-store pickup. You can order online. It is ready in seconds for you to pick up. And it is Illinois' favorite dispensary, of course, my favorite location on Clark Street in Wrigleyville, just steps from beautiful, historic Wrigley Field. The Cubs aren't playing, so when I go to the sunny side in Wrigleyville, it's, you know, the, the vibes aren't quite as immaculate, but still there's something about, you know, you, you pick up your order and you get to walk by beautiful historic Wrigley Field. And, you know, it makes me miss going to the games and being excited for the season. The vibes are still there is what I'm sure. saying because Absolutely. it's about 200 steps from Wrigley Field. So Absolutely. Uh, you can shop Sunnyside's House of Brands like Good News, Gummies, Rechargeable Vape Pens, and Carts, perfect for great moments with the crew. Cresco, reliably excellent cannabis, consistent quality, experience, and availability of flower, vapes, concentrate, and pre-rolls. All their great brands. And through October 15th, head to sunnyside.shop and use code CHGO25 at checkout for 25% off your total order. One use per customer, not stackable with other promotions. That's not only for new customers. Anyone can use our code. Pick up everything you need to elevate your football season. Again, that code CHGO25. Five must be twenty-one or older, or an Illinois Med card holder. Yeah, well, uh, you know, my transition wasn't that good, but I I can say that Sunnyside. After your trip to Sunnyside, coming home, open up your laptop, or maybe if you have a, you know, a smart TV, and turn on going straight to the CHGO Sports YouTube channel, pairs well together. All right, uh, you get, that's kind of what we do here, right? And if you become a diehard, you get even more. All right, so we got po- podcast live shows every day with every team in the city. I'm sure the Blackhawks show was popping last night after the win, the come-from-behind win. Again, Blackhawks are 1-0 since I became a fan. Uh, post-game shows, written, premium written content for members at allchgo.com. Uh, Ryan Herrera, he's the one for Cubs. We got all kinds of other writers doing the premium written content. Jared will so. help out as well. Jared, yeah, I can't forget Jared, sorry. Uh, he just it, ran a marathon. You forgot. He about did him. just run a marathon. He does have an elite beard too. So um, <laughs> that he does. I'm sorry. That he does. Twenty <laughs> uh, percent off events and merch. Uh, we're all rocking the merch, and then of course the tailgate this weekend. You get twenty percent off if you're a diehard. Uh, so, and, and we've been talking about the tailgates all all football season. I mean, they're fun. They're a great times. They're, they're they're fun, uh, or they're a vibe. So, uh, and then the one. One of the cool things, if you do become a diehard, is get a free shirt when you become a diehard. Uh, so say, so if you want any of these shirts, yeah, say, yeah, say, 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 you know, Colada, I know you're a, a Hawks fan. I see you in the chat for their shows all the time. You want to get a, a Bedard shirt? Uh, sign up, become a diehard, and get a Bedard shirt, and then you can get another Bedard shirt uh, because I'm sure we're gonna have plenty of them as as the years go on and on. So, uh, and you can get one of them for twenty percent off. So get one free. Uh, and then, obviously, the members-only Discord is yeah. the place to be when times are good and bad because it becomes a venting sesh when things are bad, and it becomes a, yeah, we're, we're never losing again uh, in the Cubs Discord whenever the Cubs are playing well. So yeah. it's, it's very high, and it's very low at times. But at least you're screaming and happiness or sadness with other Cubs fans or other fans of other teams in Chicago that yeah. you like. So. And if you missed the show yesterday, I have promised – diehards a picture with my dad at, <laughs> at, at a future chgo event i can't confirm or deny yes. when that would be but he'll be he'll be at a few of them in the future absolutely we'll <laughs> uh okay so uh what we got six minutes left so there's no better time than i guess to i guess talk about the playoffs and 
we can talk about some cool moments from this day. Well, yeah, what, this day in 2016 was pretty special, wasn't it? Yeah, our best friend Ben Zobras started the rally in game four against the Giants. Javi Baez finished it. Um, yeah, I mean, that. I, I know where I was when that game happened. I was, at the time, I lived in Peoria, uh, East Peoria, technically, and my buddy who I lived with two guys. One was a Cardinals fan. The other one was a Cubs fan. The Cubs fan, he, he, he had already packed it in. He's like, we're playing a game five. He went to bed, and my other buddy, again, Cardinals fan, he had went to bed. So I'm on the couch by myself watching this game, and I, I woke up the entire building when the comeback happened. So that's, that's what I remember most. Uh, my Cardinals fan roommate at the time, he texted me. He's like, will you please shut up? <laughs> So, I mean, I remember, that was pretty awesome. Honestly. Yeah, I remember like thinking back on it, and you know, it's still like the Cubs were a better team than the Giants, obviously that year. But like, you go to a game five, anything can happen. It's baseball. Mm-hmm. We we see it in the postseason right now. Like, one game can really swing things in anyone's favor. Um, so like, you know, I'm not saying the Cubs for sure lose a game five, but you don't really want to leave it up to that. So having that huge comeback and getting that win and finishing off the series before it gets to game five was, was just so huge for like momentum, but just and not rest too. Yeah. Just not letting the yeah rest, but just not letting the randomness of baseball come into play, especially in a game five, like just, just getting it out of the way, getting it done was like just so huge for that team and, and getting to the next series, obviously against the Dodgers who were a better team than the giants that year. Um, but just making sure you didn't have to expend any more energy than you needed to to get through that division series. I mean, that was yeah. that was a huge game, huge game for him. And I, I mean, that's that's not like a hot take. That was, well, um, and, was very and obvious. I think, you know, I I always that series is always an example to me of you know the randomness of the playoffs and just how competitive the playoffs are. Like you said, Ryan, the Cubs were way better than the Giants that year. But had they not had that ninth inning comeback, it would have been. A repeat of game one, which was Lester and Cueto, it was a one to nothing game. Yeah. Right? Like so a home you, run that you, barely got yeah, out. Yeah, you know that Cueto was gonna bring it. Obviously, John Lester is one of the best postseason pitchers of all time. He was gonna bring it, but not a scenario you wanted to repeat, right? You barely got out of game one mm-hmm. with the W, thanks to Javi Baez and as I've tweeted, also Pedro Stroke for basically demanding that Javi go and hit that home run in the dugout. <laughs> Demand. Uh, but that that's a that's a good way to look at it, right? Like we knew that Cubs team was loaded, they were ready to go, and very easily that series goes a different way. Yeah. Um, and also, like the Giants had, like we kind of hinted on this, or not hinted, but like rehashed it yesterday. Like the Giants had this even year, ma- like magic or whatever. Like uh-huh. every even year, they had won the World Series, and like they're coming in with house money in this series, and. Madison Bumgarner being one of the greatest postseason pitchers ever and, like, all this, like, annoying bad juju. Like, I remember that going into the ninth inning, I was like, I'm really going to have to watch this go to a game five. And I'm telling you. I don't think people understand. I don't think they remember how scary it was. And what, what people, I think, forget is also, like, Matt Moore was shoving it down the Cubs' throat yeah. that night for eight innings. They they couldn't touch him, yeah. and yeah. they didn't. They they pulled him in the ninth inning, and I think it was what Sergio Romo who they start. Or, so. No, well, it was it was one of those games where Joe Madden like chest moves moving chest. Yeah, I remember around. they put yeah. in. Uh, I remember they showed Coglin or whatever as the pinch hitter, and then they pulled him out. They yeah. they got them to put in their lefty or whatever, and they pulled him out. They went with Contreras instead. He yeah. ended up like. It was chess moves, but that was like the Matt Moore thing. They really opened up the door. The Cubs were, had no life at that point. Yeah. And, and I think like what Cody's saying is true. Like could have gone a different way. That game could be talked about in a totally different fashion. And instead really is like something that's just totally. It's one of the best postseason games, or I guess best endings of the 2016 postseason run. Yeah. Like I, you, just just imagine if they had lost that game and then had to go back to beautiful historic Wrigley Field for a game five with all the anxiety <laughs> and the 108-year curse. Yeah. I'm just like... Uh, and The energy would have been weird. And no I'm question. only emphasizing... a lot of people on yeah. edge in that stadium. I'm, I'm emphasizing it even more course. because this postseason has been the the year of the underdog, it feels like. Like, the Diamondbacks are on the verge of sweeping the Dodgers. And the Orioles got swept by the Rangers. 
we're talking about teams that were the best. The Braves are literally one Austin Riley home run away from being down 0-2 to the Phillies right now. You know right. what I mean? Sure. Like, I I can't emphasize enough just how special the 2016 postseason run was. It, I, as much as I want to see more, and I have high expectations for more down the road, when we really say at least we'll always have 2016, it's it's not yeah. a bit or a joke. It's like legitimately, like it's so hard to it's win. Hard to get. It's one. so hard it's to very win hard in to the postseason, man. Because yeah. mm-hmm. again, like Corey said, it's such a crapshoot. It's it's the randomness. Well, and and everything just condenses down, right? And you're seeing that I think in some of these other series. Like there was so much chatter about the playoff format and whatever. And we're at the end of our episode, so we're not going to get into that. And I know you guys talked about it a little bit, but. The, the real takeaway, honestly, like, these other teams are just good. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. the Texas Rangers are good. It's a yeah. it's a bummer for the Orioles that they ran into a, a team like that, but the Rangers are real good. And I agree. you look at, like, you know, Arizona. Arizona knows the Dodgers well. The Dodgers are running on fumes. They've lost, you know, basically the entirety of the rotation mm-hmm. throughout the year and things like that. But, like five game series you only have to win three games like you got to beat Zach Galen and Merrill Kelly it it's not easy it doesn't matter if the Dodgers won I don't know 15 more games than them or something like that during the regular season like these teams are good and that's the thing like the Cubs were way better than the Giants in 2016 but that's still a really good team yeah you know they get through that ninth inning because uncharacteristically Brandon Crawford throws one of those balls away right on what would have been a double play ball. Mm. Like, and they barely get out of there and win. Like, these teams are good. That Dodgers team in 16 was good. There's a lot of good players Indians on that. That was, that was like, the fastest Hayward had gotten down the line all season. Yeah. That, on that bunt. And that's the that one they that Crawford threw, yeah. throws away. It yeah. was the fastest. It was a horrible bunt. So, like, too. that's. <laughs> he had one. It was a horrendous bunt. <laughs> yeah. I, I always just like to look at some of that and say, I, I, we can debate the format. We can debate this. We can debate that. Ultimately, like, we know because we watch it every day. Like, mm. anybody can beat anybody three out of five games, right? And when you condense everything down and the Diamondbacks are going to say to Zach Galen, you are going to pitch, like, every fourth day. We're going to ride you like the Nationals did with Scherzer and Patrick Corbin and Steven Strasburg the year they won the World Series. You, you can make it work, right? Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't really matter what happened over the, the course of 162. Yeah. yeah. Um, but... Uh, as we head off here, before we head off, I do want to uh, give a shout out to one of our great sponsors, and that is FOCO. Uh, FOCO has provided us uh, with a lot of set decorations. They've donated some pieces, and I know we've seen that. Uh, Hayden Wisniewski, Bobblehead, one of our favorites. Uh, and you can get fitted out. It's football season. It's hockey season. I was looking at FOCO's website. They've got everything you need. Uh, they got a Connor Bedard bobblehead getting ready to pre-order. Looking at some of the Cubs stuff, they have a couple of London Series bobbleheads, Dansby Swanson, Seiya Suzuki, that you can pre-order. They got some Chicago Cubs overalls. Uh, not, you know, for the for the Bears tailgate, but I think it's a vibe. I think maybe Stucky and some Chicago Cubs, Chicago flag overalls. Sounds like a good thing to me, but you can get fitted out with the best sports gear around for any sport, any season. Ryan, of course, a big fan of the Aloha shirts, oh, they've yeah. got straw hats, polos, bags, everything you need for a game, everything you need for a tailgate, whatever the occasion, FOCO has you covered. Uh, check out their website, a lot of stuff on pre-order, a lot of great stuff, bobbleheads, clothes, gifts. You know, we're heading into the holiday season in a, a month or two here. Load up on your gifts at FOCO, they got you covered. Uh, and check out FOCO.com or click the link in the description below. For all non-presale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Again, that it is FOCO.com. All right. Um, speaking of those overalls, again, I, I plan to wear them to the Cubs convention this year. You wear you it's fit 13 beers in them? Right? 13 beers in them, yeah. There you, go. you know? Absolutely it, must get. It, Goose Island specifically? It does. It, it's a vibe. I mean, you would, you're going you're gonna to catch some attention. Yeah. Well, in that case, maybe. Okay. Well, whatever. <laughs> uh, I'll figure that out in January. Thanks for uh, checking out today's show, guys. Uh, 
Hopefully Luke is back tomorrow. We thought he was going to be in today, but we'll then he's. I woke. I, first thing I did when I opened my phone today, it, it was not go to a sportsbook app. It was I looked at my text messages and saw that Luke was not feeling good, and I was sad. But uh, yeah, so hopefully he's back tomorrow. But last guest of the week, my good friend Fred, aka Dom Frederick, will be on the show tomorrow remotely. So. He will be hiding his face again. Are we saying- I, I, I still think we should like take his like morale logo and like make it a mask and then actually have him in here, but with it like over his face <laughs> the entire time. With but- like the the thing that like switches up the voices and stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, are we saying are we saying Showtime, Cody? Uh, three p.m. tomorrow because he's oh. not available before three p.m. So tomorrow's show is at three p.m. All right, you hear that, Barb? We will be live Barb, at three p.m. tomorrow. Three p.m. tomorrow, Barb, live. Thursday. Right here, CHO Sports YouTube channel. Hit the like, hit the subscribe button if you're new here today. Uh, did I miss anything else? I think we're good. I, think we're I don't good. think so. Okay. Good job. I, oh, would, also, I, I would add Brendan and I are on Fridays now. You are on Fridays. Uh, the YouTube episode will air at one twenty. It is not live. It'll be pre-recorded, right? It's not live. Uh, just with our work schedules. Can't do it live, but we do read the chat, respond to YouTube comments, etc., uh, but it will go up at 1.20 on Fridays. Okay, so tomorrow's show, 3 p.m. Friday show is at 1.20, Barb. There we go. There you go. Um, yes, Craig, always central time. Yes. Always, always central, central time. time. CT. Yes. Uh, I think you're supposed to say fly the W or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, also, one more time, or one more thing. Aramis Ramirez Grand Slam 2003. Yes. I We're going to eventually have to talk about the ending of that series, but... That was one of my favorite yeah. moments as a kid. That was not and 20 years ago today. Yeah. We can never Branding. talk about Aramis Ramirez enough. You're right. He, he was an unbelievable player for the Chicago Cubs, one of the best moves Jim Hendry ever made. And yeah. I, I, I've said this a lot. Like, I, I love the 2016 team. They're the team that did it. But as a kid, you know you know this, right? Growing up with those teams, there's just, like, part of your brain where, it, like, it was always supposed to be, like, Sosa, Lee, Ramirez, Wood, Pryor, Zambrano, that eventually broke it, right? That yeah. did it first, and they didn't. And at this point, I'm not mad about it. But <laughs> even when I watch those highlights, I'm like, ah, oh. yeah, you know, know. should have been you. <laughs> just want I just wanted to acknowledge it because Aramis Ramirez was my one of my favorite players as a kid, and never forget Luke Stuckmeyer on this show on YouTube, uh, live on YouTube, compared him and Scott Rowland and 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 said that. And we sat here and said that maybe Aramis Ramirez deserves to be in the Hall of Fame if they're going to put Scott Rowland in. So I just want to emphasize that again. That. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for checking out the CHO Cubs podcast. Fly the W. Mm-hmm.